Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Weightlift and Die podcast. We are uh, Weightlift and Die. As usual, it's myself, Jordan, and um, my colleague, friend, and life mentor, Michael Farmer. Life mentor? Yeah. How you doing, Mike? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, mate. Spliffing. Spliffing? Um, I I've not. I've actually got something written down that I wanted to talk about off the bat. Okay. Um, so today I sort of... Um, came to the realization that there's something socially i really struggle with and it is speaking without a lisp oh god <laughs> no that's not socially that, that the impediment's been there for years I, I sort of get on board with that i was called marshmallow tongue in school for a bit which is uh and yop no i wasn't called yop you were at one point was i yop ed nope you that's you've just made that up <laughs> no what i noticed was my inability to gauge whether to hold a door open for someone based on how far away they are. Oh, God. Oh, cringe. It's mate. like... That's an ick, mate. No, it's not. Because it's like... It is. It, it, it's, we, I think we all struggle with it. It's like, right. Is it, is it rude for me to not commit to this? Or am I overcommitting and making you feel awkward? Because I'd done it today and I held the door open for this older lady and she was fucking ages away. And she started to get a bit of a click on. And I thought, I've just pressured you to... You, this didn't need to happen. You've made two people feel really socially awkward here, and you. Where, where was this? This was in town. This was in St. David's. St. David's too, was it? Yeah, in front of a lot of people. Um, oh, and the worst thing is there are several doors. One of which is an automatic door. For old people and disabled people. Yeah, so I, I really made things very difficult. But I wrote it down because I thought, I'm interested to know... Is that something that I just struggle with? No, I, I think I struggle with that as well. And I'm sure the public do. But it's a good point. When When is it awkward to do that? Because I think in St. David's, you get away with just pinging through, don't give a monkey because it's so busy. But what sort of setting where you'd have to hold the door? All right, here's an example. You, um, you're going down, um, you, you parked somewhere. Yep. And... You, you need to, the, the doors for the car park or something like a basement car park yeah or like a, ba- a, a multi rise uh, I, I would say basement in this circumstance like like John, like John Lewis, Lewis yeah. John Lewis car park in Cardiff uh, I mean I struggle there all the time as well with the whole uh, you know do I you know do I leave the door open for you oh I mean also I I have another issue where I park up in a car park um, or I have this severe road rage with someone who then proceeds to go into the same car park as me, and then we're both going towards the lifts together at the same time. I, I don't really have that problem. No? No, it's just you, mate. Ah, and I just don't know whether to, like, confront it, or then you realise it's, like, again, some older lady or something that you just <laughs> have to blinded to. And then do you have to hold the door for them afterwards, yeah. which is doubly awkward, what do you think? obviously. Yeah, and then they're probably thinking, oh, he's conceded there, he's apologising for his actions by holding the door open for me? Or do you think, you know what, you drive like a twat, fuck you, I'm not holding the door open for you. It's loads of things that go on, you know, and I think the more you overthink it, it's like, you know, that whole thing where you get stuck 
um, when you're walking past someone and you're like, are you oh, going left or right? And then horrible, horrible yeah. situation. Hor- One more point though about the the basement car park. You wouldn't hold a door open for someone because what if they're a murderer? Uh, I I honestly didn't. That's not where my mind goes. Does that not cross your mind when you're in a basement car park? No, it's a well lit car park. Yeah, but it's a basement. Bad things happen in basements. I, I watch films. Uh, I, you know what? That 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 has never crossed my mind until now. Probably going to be a bit more skeptical now because uh, yeah, you're right. Um, people do get killed in basement car parks typically. And that brings us very well onto our first uh, topic of today. Yeah. <laughs> when should you use straps? And this is, uh, you know, it obviously ties in very nicely to what we were just discussing, Mike. Mm. We uh, we had this conversation the other day, and we thought, you know what, we'll we'll, we'll have this chat on the podcast, yeah. Um, because, I mean, we're seeing a lot on Instagram, naturally, of people using straps for snatch singles, and then you see you see some people who are not strapping for hang snatches, which is fucking crazy. That's cool. If you do that, you're really cool. Mate, I I, I don't know if it is cool. I don't know whether that you just got a screw loose. You know, like, <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? Why would you do that? Your thumbs must be on fire. Frying. Yeah, on fire. Literally. You know, so um, it, it's like, well, when, when do you use them? You know, when's a good time, an appropriate time to use them? I also see these sometimes, see these bullshit fucking coaches on Instagram who talk about the importance of snatching with and without straps and for singles and stuff. And, and they write this big, long essay of the importance of using straps mm. for snatch singles to you know keep connection of the bar and all this fucking boring nonsense and they just over complicate it for everyone and then your average fucking twat who's just getting into weightlifting gets all confused and flustered and the reality is you should you, you shouldn't really use them that often no um I think, let's go back to the beginning. So using a strap, you should use a weightlifting strap if you're doing multiple reps because you should use straps during the week because you're going to save your hands getting ripped. And the only thing that's touching the barbell which you're lifting is your hands. You've got to look after your hands. And a way of doing that is using your hands less. And the only way to do that is to use straps. Oh, bollocks. What? The fucking flag fell. Oh, shit. Which uh, gives us a great well-fitted interlude our weightlifting die store is now live you can purchase uh, the flag beh- that was behind us yep you can purchase some mugs you can purchase some uh car magnets yep. or fridge magnets bumper uh, stickers or stickers for your laptop you can send us a donation you can also send in if you really want us to speak about something you can give us a couple of bob and we'll talk about it we'll talk about it we'll talk about anything anything uh if you pay a quid we'll shout you out um, and all of this is going back into, um, well, basically, I mean, you've got to buy your mother Christmas presents somehow, haven't you? So let's be honest. Like, yeah, this is for mum and dad. This is mum and bump. Nan and bump. Nan and bump, mum and dad. And also, one thing that we were saying just before we go back onto the straps is if you purchase now, you will get all of this in time for Christmas. Um, so what better way to say um, happy Christmas to your gym than to buy them a gym uh, flag? Yeah. What better way to uh, you know wish your, your loved one a, a happy Christmas than with a, with a weightlifting dye mug or car sticker or fridge magnet? And that's the, that's the last yeah. I'll say on that. Excellent. Brilliant. Back, back to the straps. Back to the straps. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's to save the hands. Yep. Um, 
I think then the question's got to be asked of how frequently are you training? If you're someone who trains twice, three times a week, really... Shouldn't be using straps. It, your hands are going to... You, your hands are going to hold up pretty fine. I mean, in which case... In terms of lifting, by the way, uh, we haven't got under pulls yet. This yeah. is purely just for lifting. Just snatch. It's, yeah, just snatch. Because clean, you shouldn't be fucking doing that. Christ. Yeah, that's, that's mad. We'll go on to that a bit later. Okay, but straps, I mean, uh, for snatch, um, I would say if, you, if, you're, if you're twice, three times a week, even if you're four times a week, really, if you're doing singles, doubles, or trebles from the floor... I would say you're okay not using them. I would encourage you not to use them. Yeah. Um, uh, and really, th- th- my main reason for that is you can't use them on the platform. And you want to create as, as much similarity in your training to competition as you can that's realistic. And one of those things is, um, you know, not using, you know, just having the bar in your hands. I mean, you wouldn't wear a squat suit when you're doing your squats for weightlifting. So No, no. That's, so, a, that's a very good point. You know, so it's like... Um, and th- it is very different. This is why you see people with disparities between their snatch with straps and without straps. That's why you see people who boast a personal best with straps. Um, There's definitely an over-reliance on the strap yeah. then. And then they go and compete yeah. and they hit 10 kilos within themselves. And it's like, well, you, the question's got to be asked then. It's like, what is your grip strength like? How connect, well connected are you with the bar mm. when you've, after you finish the pull? Um, and all of these things do play a part whether you're using straps or not. So... But like you alluded to earlier, people people periodize using straps, which I'm going to say I agree with. Um, so you, you snatch with straps uh, way out from a competition, then closer to a competition. When you're doing your actual snatching from the floor, don't fucking use them. Maybe use them for powers. Again, the whole thing about saving your hands, but you periodize your straps so you don't use them as you get closer to a competition because you want to feel more connected to the bar and you want to know what it feels like to turn over and pull with a bar in your hands, mm. in your hook grip. Yeah, and but I suppose then, are you periodizing the use of your straps or are you doing strap work for uh, your doubles and travels, which you typically do while out from comp, but then when you get towards your singles, then you start using um, just your bare hands. It's like, whichever way you look at it... Um, you know, the the strap is not there to aid your ability to snatch from the floor. It is there to... No, you shouldn't use it uh, to increase your snatch. Definitely not, because we complete in weightlifting um, and you don't use straps in weightlifting in the competition format. Yeah, and I suppose the then you look at pulls, um, which I would definitely look, use straps on uh, because they are so demanding um, and you... You don't want your grip to be the limiting factor in your pulls. You want your, the limiting factor to be the capacity of your posterior chain, your, inte- your technical integrity through the pull, the positional um, strength in the pull. Yeah. You do, and your grip will be the thing that lets you down. Or it, it, in most cases, it is the thing that lets you down. So you use the straps to allow yourself to um, exercise a, a heavier pull in the snatch and the clean um, in order to prevent that from being the limiting factor. Um, but I mean... Like like I said earlier, there are some crazy people that are snatching from the hang. Oh, I, I wouldn't hang snatch without straps. I, I wouldn't. Christ, no. But I'd might I'd pause snatch without straps, which you might find a bit conflicting. What about you? No, I don't, I don't find that conflicting. No, because I find that the the fact that you stood up with a bar right and the bar's now hanging on your thumbs, and then you've got a fucking hang snatch it. Christ alive. And you know we do a lot of that? Crossfitters do a lot of that. Crossfitters do a lot of that. And we don't want to be like Crossfitters. 
No, so you know, chuck a pair of straps on. We are, uh, you know, we, not to plug the uh, the online store again, but we are going to be doing some weightlifting die straps as well, which actually dissolve after one uh, usage. So um, because you shouldn't be using straps. Because you shouldn't be using them. They're like that. Those um, those uh, the underwear. The underwear that dissolve in the in the sea, or I don't, I don't know, I don't know. You know, some dad probably bought you them back in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, in in terms of the strap thing, there are also some people who use straps for. Um, for hang power cleans and power cleans and stuff like that. That is stupid. Like the injury risk of that, because you you can't bend your your wrist back. Um, the argument the argument would be Mike that pe- people the injury risk on a hang power clean it's lower anyway. It's far lower. I, I agree, but you're directly increasing the injury risk by putting more straps on. Now, athletics people do they, the, for their SNC they use straps for power cleans, don't they? Um, so I almost get that, but if you're a weightlifter, just weightlift. Like you should be able to do a power clean with the bar in your hands. I'm sorry, you shouldn't be using straps for a power clean. Now here's something that I've been using straps for lately that have been really helping. So I will put snap, uh, straps on um, in the warm up of a front squat to oh, aid front my rack. front rack. That's a good tip. That's helpful. Because I haven't got a front rack, and I kind of need one now because of um, the the fingers and all that let me down. So um, that's where the straps do come in handy. But I mean, it's an interesting topic. It's going to divide a bit of opinion, and there are people. I mean, typically, right? Any pushback we get are going to be from the advocates of straps for singles, which are the people that will do a one thirty five snatch with straps and a one fifteen snatch in competition. So, and you're going to say back to that is. Just, fuck you. Yeah, because you're lifting less. So Hey, fuck you, guy. Hey. That's what I'm going to say. Hey, you, guy. Hey, you, guy. Fuck yeah, you. You, guy. You know, start snatching. I mean, and look, this is coming from someone who, when I was a bit younger, I was that guy. I was the guy who could, who all my PBs were done with straps. And when it came to lifting without them, I everything was short. I couldn't... It was hard, yeah. Yeah, really, really difficult. And um, Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Short, I think that's that's the biggest... Um, that's the most apparent thing, that your lifts, well, your snatches will be short if you've used straps for a long time. Short bit meaning... You don't finish your pull. Yeah. Um, that's a weightlifting term, if you didn't know that. Yeah, it kind of sounds like we, we know about weightlifting. This is a weightlifting. This is a weightlifting podcast as well. It's about time we spoke about something weightlifting related. And on that note, we're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to move on to our next segment. Very Randy. Dating training partners. So this got sent in on one of our anonymous questions. Once again, thank you the public um, for sending this in. So dating your training partners. Um, we're just going to speak about that. So I'll start. I think it can be a positive thing and a very negative thing in the gym i think first of all if there's someone that you want to start dating in the gym is across the gym it's uh, for us we're, we're men so there might be a, a lovely young lady there i'm going to train a bit better i'm going to train a bit harder i'm going to put a bit more effort in because i'm a man i want to i want to try and impress her um so that, that's the probably the one bit of it mm. yeah that's pretty cool but we're not talking about like just trying to do it to pull a bird or whatever. Yeah, well, there's a whole process of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's uh, invigorating, I guess. Uh, we're talking about, I mean, the, the, the question is, when you're dating someone, dating. and they, uh, you know, to what capacity are they your training partner? What limitations does that place? 
Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What does it offer that is good? What does it offer that is bad? I mean, I'm a person whose partner is a weightlifter. Um, but, ooh, here's a, here's a good point. Is she a training partner then? No. And that's, and, that, and, that's a key point. And, and, that, and that's the, the... We've set parameters on this because um, I don't like training with my girlfriend. Like, with her. Like, you know, like sharing a platform or... Yeah, because um, you're emotionally invested in this person, so you're going to feel emotionally invested while they're lifting, which is taken away from your own lifting. And as an athlete, you need to be selfish. You can't be giving all your attention, undivided attention to your partner whilst they're lifting because you need to be preparing for your next set. Mm. And she don't like she she don't want to be near me in a session as well. So we typically go, um, I mean, maybe a few platforms from each other. And we're keeping a very close eye on each other's training. And that's all great. Mm. But you've got to remember um, that that's an emotionally charged relationship where um, if you offer her uh, criticism through a session um, or you offer her advice or whatever, that's not going to be misconstrued because she's going to listen to you and take that objectively. Yeah. Whereas with us, with, with if I were to offer her the same thing, there's the potential for there to be more emotional baggage involved in that and she may take it in a different way. She, yeah. may, not want, she may need to hear that, but not from me. You know, she may need to hear it from someone else. Yeah, and it's quite often the case that I'll probably be the medium between you and Meg in a gym. Yeah. Um, and I think that works really well. You know, and, but and this is where I also think um, couples, especially new couples, they'll, um, they'll go straight into training with each other all the time, every day of the week. And a lot of the time it's just them. Um, that's, a, that's a bit much, especially if you're going then home. And I think I think a good point to make is, if your your training partner is your girlfriend or vice versa, um, you and then you then go home, you cook your dinner, you speak about training, you speak about the training you've just done, you think about training, you go to bed, talk about training, you wake up thinking about training. It's too much. It gets mm. it gets so much. You need that separation from your social life, um, your relationship, and. Uh, your recreational bits which is training to take home if you if you if your training partners like me and jordan speak about tra training mm. but we're not in a relationship like i'm gonna go home uh, after this um we don't forget about weightlifting forget about weightlifting for a bit which is lovely because we don't we don't actually sleep together or do we find out on the only fans eh? um but yeah i and a, a good so i suppose something to take from this is to put parameters on um, you know, sit down as a couple outside of weightlifting and say, okay, what do we both need from training sessions? Because um, men and women train very differently. Yeah, so, and, and you can have encouragement. There's nothing wrong with encouraging your partner. But, you know, like I, I want to train with, uh, I want to share a platform with men. Um, I want to train around, um, you know, a big testosterone-fueled environment. That, you know, mm. that, 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 that's what I need. Um, Meg and, and a, a lot of girls I know that train they train a much quicker tempo they need um, they need all the girls are on the ball they're all training you know there's an intensity to it but it's not it's not the same as the, the, the men's they're two completely different things and I think I mean I've just seen that from my own experiences and I think to then um, sacrifice them because you want to you, you want to be around each other all the time you want to be with each other all the time it's like it's not fair because you're not getting the best out of it and they're not 
like you say, we've tra- well, most of our trading partners are probably women. To be fair, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and we understand that being a good trading partner to them is leaving them alone, and because they like to chit chat and stuff, which is cool. Um, and other times that we do, but when they want to get on with things, they go at a, such a rate of knots, and we're just sat there looking down, and we don't need to be disturbing them while they're in their in their flow. They got to click on, just let them get on with it. Yeah, let them get on with it, and that's productive. Then afterwards, and we'll all have a have a bit of dinner and have a lovely time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's an interesting conversation. Something that, I mean, a good thing to put into your relationship would probably be like, you know, if you're, um, a, t- a good time to reflect on your session would be on the drive, drive home from training and then say, right, okay, we park that when we go into the house and then we have food. We talk about our days, we talk about, um, you know, our, our jobs and our other, you know, all other aspects of our lives. But I suppose the point is, a lot of people care a lot about weightlifting and you know if you're if you're in a, a relationship with someone who's also in weightlifting it's very easy for weightlifting to just encompass your whole um identity not just as an individual but as a relationship and it's yeah. important to see value in other aspects of life than just weightlifting because what what you'll find is when you're in a rut um like i am at the moment i can't can't snatch clean jerk or anything and Meg's preparing for a competition and she's in the shape of her life um if if weightlifting is our identity as a couple f- all the time almost your bad energy towards weightlifting is gonna bleed into her yeah of by, course by osmosis and I don't want that to be the case no, so no. I wanted to feel like I'm and, and that's where the separation comes in I'm there to support you mm. um in your endeavors as a weightlifter and mine are completely separate and it's important to differentiate the two and not allow them to merge as you become training as you train together i suppose we've gone quite deep into that but these are all factors to consider when when you are training with your partner um you know um whoever your partner is and however frequently um it may work really well i mean and you've got to remember we're only going off our own experiences um as you know obviously my experience is training um with meg but also our experiences as training with um females and all different people yeah um so yeah um yeah i suppose we could go on to the next segment yeah well done i think cover that well do we do, do you want me to click a button yeah click a button okay how did this happen that's a very good question so we actually got a question now cool uh so someone sent in views on people who lift recreation rec, rec- recreationally Oh God, I struggle with that one. <laughs> with no intention of competing, um, so it's just your, your, your lifter who doesn't doesn't compete. What do we think? I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, I don't know why it's got sent in. Like that's, that's no drama. Why on earth would we have any issue with that, man? Like they're not arming anyone. They're just in the in the gym. They're paying a membership. They're making your membership cheaper because there's more numbers in your gym. I and look. I actively encourage people to compete in weightlifting because I think it's fucking amazing to compete in um, in this sport. I mean, we get our kicks from competing. And if I were to speak to those people, I would say, look, give it a go. But some people you speak to and they're like, it's, you know, it's just not for me. I'm not a competitive person, blah, blah, blah. And to that, I say, cool, cool. I don't understand. But it, that's okay. And it's really like, how are we to have a strong opinion on that? Um, the, the only thing I could think of is that I, I couldn't do that. That's not, the, that's not my personality type. I couldn't do something for fun. 
um, well, I'll say that I play a bit of darts stuff. For fun. Weightlifting's not for fun. Yeah, weightlifting's really hard. I, I don't know if you find this at home. Weightlifting feels impossible at some times. So if I wasn't going to compete, there would be no point in me training recreationally. Like when I retire, I'm not doing weightlifting because it's hard. Eyebrows. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe you. I think when Mike retires, he's going to just power clean every day. I'd be power clean and jerk from block, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't think you do. I don't think you'll snatch. No, snatching is hard. Cleaning's hard. But you'll power clean and jerk from blocks and do a fucking shitload of biceps. <laughs> Get yeah. a pipes back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose to reiterate Mike's point, I mean, I, I, um, I don't understand it. Um, you know, I suppose as comp- competitive weightlifters, a lot of the training is arduous and what gets you through the training is the thought and the drive of success in competition. It's a sense of reward, isn't it? Yeah, you get something back and then it all makes sense. And we all know that feeling, all of those who have competed, all of those hours in the gym that you put in, all the horrible sessions you've done, everything like that. It comes to competition, you have that taper week and everything makes sense. Um, and then you go to compete, it all comes together. And then all of that journey just becomes so much more worthwhile as a result of the, the, the end product. And then you're ready to take that journey again. I think my, my fire would very much uh, be put out after the first block of training if there wasn't a competition in the horizon. Yeah, I, I don't think the thought of a PB would motivate me enough to get my ass in the gym and make, do that extra set, do that. Um, oh, next week's up five, by five kilos or I've got to do another two sets to the exact same percentage. I couldn't get motivated by the sense of I'm going to hit a new PB. There's an end goal to getting these PB and that end goal for us is winning the Commonwealth Games and that's, that's, where we, that's where we want to head. And I suppose, you know, we know people who are just driven fuckers who just want to better themselves regardless and they you know, nothing gets their dick harder than just hitting a personal best or anything like that, whether it be in the gym, in, 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 in competition or whatever. And like, I've got the utmost admiration for those people because they are the people that are more likely to do, um, to do well in the sport. But us personally, um, I suppose what keeps us going is the thought of success and the, the want for success in trade in competitions and the social aspect of training. And they're the t- probably the two main yeah. factors in, yeah, a, in our lives. 100%. Um, but to, to round off that, um, I would just say, if you're a recreational lifter, you're fucking batshit crazy for, for wanting to do this for no reason, but um, you, you're bettering yourself, you're doing snatch clean jerk, you're doing a very difficult set of movements, and you're doing it for no other reason than because you enjoy the movements and you want to be better, um, uh, athletically as a human being and to that I say hats off to you but give it a fucking try you'll love it yeah yeah cool um, so the next one uh, the, yeah next public question button please how did this happen that's a very good question once again it's, it's not actually a question um, but oh I don't know it is a question what the fuck am I saying um, is it true that wait if and die have a movie in the pipeline no. <laughs> I thought you were going to come up what with What were we supposed to play on that? Well, I don't know. That's obviously what someone wants. I did have something that we could talk about with this, though. What was it? If we did have a movie, yeah. who would play you? Who would play me? 
It'd be Die Cruz, wouldn't it? Tom Cruise. It'd be Tom Cruise. Right. Do you know why that is? Why? Top Gun. I, I don't get the reference. I like Go Fast. I, for those who don't know, Mike drives like a fucking maniac. Um, a maniac. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that's I mean... That's my favourite film. Yeah, I, I, I would stop talking about that, mate. You, you're going to bore the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise for Mike. Um, let us know who you think is going to be um, uh, Mike. More, more appropriate for me. Uh, what about you, Jordan? Um, I am going to say Jonah Hill. <laughs> But, you know, pre, like, uh, get his shit together. Like, super bad Jonah Hill. Yeah, he's, he's, a, bit, he's a bit round and... Very rotund. Yeah. But he's a good guy. I think, actually, I would be Jonah Hill. You're that really awkward guy. Is it Mike uh, Sierra? The, uh, Who's the, that? The, he's, he's in... Um, he's in super bad. He's, he's not McLovin or Jonah Hill. He's, like, the other main guy. Um, I can't think that. Oh, mate. I thought you were going to say Channing Tatum. Was like, no, no, abs- absolutely categorically <laughs> not. You, 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 the, for those listening, you know exactly who I'm on about. I think his name is Michael Sierra, and you would be that guy for very good reason. Do you know what I get a lot, though? It's James Franco. About. <sighs> but I do. Oh, I've got something to say, actually. If you were in Brew House on Saturday when the rugby was on and you held up my name on an iPhone in the crowd, who are you? Like, and how do you know my name? Because I didn't have a clue who you were. It was me. It wasn't. It was me. It wasn't you. I was there. <laughs> you weren't there. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> it wasn't. I wasn't. Someone did that. Yeah, you don't know about this. No, you didn't tell me. I told Max the other day, but yeah, a bit weird. Well, um, you, they wrote your name on a on, on their notes or whatever and then held it up. Then held it up and pointed at me. Man or woman? It was a woman. Oh, okay. She proceeded to get up my Instagram. And then I got a bit freaked out and I left. Uh, you left? I did. I, oh, Christ, Mike. Mate, it made me really uncomfortable. Don't you want to meet a woman? <laughs> no, to be honest. Oh, God. Well, that, that is interesting. We've also had another question in. Um, yeah. Um, so someone sent this in. Uh, I might have to read this. <clears throat> Please excuse me. And to that, we say... And fuck you and your dad. Can't top. Um, that was basically a question saying, like, um, you know, are you, are you just pretending to be Welsh? Welsh? Yeah. You, do you even speak Welsh? Probably from someone in North Wales. And, um, but what I will say, I did have this checked by someone who, is, who actually thinks in Welsh. They, they said that's not how you should write This that. is bad Welsh. This is bad Welsh. So to that, we say... Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that worked well. That was us trying to exercise our beep because we're trying to be a bit more politically correct on this podcast. Obviously, uh, failing us. Um, but I mean, we've got some other things to talk about, though, Mike. Um, yeah, I have a bit of a riddle. Do you want to press a button? Let me introduce the riddle. Yeah, sure. Sixty percent of the time, it works. Every time. Sixty percent chance to be getting this riddle right. God. So you can play along at home if you want. What gets wetter as it dries? What gets wetter as it dries? Yep. What gets wetter as it dries? Um, I mean, so my immediate thought is grass. Nope. No, it's not grass. Okay, so it's 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 going to be something. Um, you know, the what gets wetter 
Uh, it's probably going to be something uh, that gets wet, but not something you'd conventionally think of. Um, if I give you a clue, I think it's going to be blaringly obvious. It's a mountain. No. There you go. What? No, I, just, I was thinking you were going to go down like the geography route or something. No, so here's the clue. It, um, it absorbs. It's a, it's a sponge. No, because you don't, you, don't use, you don't use a sponge to dry something, do you? What gets wetter as it dries? So it gets wetter as you're going to dry something. A tea towel. It's a towel. A towel. That's a towel. There you go. What gets wetter as it dries? Yeah, so you're going to dry yourself with a towel. Oh, and it gets oh wetter. right. Obviously. What, what a fucking bullshit riddle that is. Because it's saying, <laughs> what gets wetter as it dries something else? Yeah, but it's not. It's not actually getting drier as it gets wetter, is it? That's not a good riddle. That's a shit riddle. But it, it's dr- it's doing the job of That's drying. That's a shriddle, mate. It's not a shriddle. You're a shriddle. Look, if we want to have riddle section to this next podcast, to any of these podcasts going forward, you're gonna have to do a downside better than this last riddle. I didn't think it was bad. Though. This is a bad riddle. You've had this written down for weeks, and I, I haven't. You have. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. We um. We actually have uh, a new entrant to the Shadow Realm. Yeah, um, I'm going to hold it up. And What's his name? Tom? Tom? Luke? Tom Luke? Tom Luke. His name's Tom Luke or his name's Luke? Uh, I don't know. His name is Tom Luke. Uh, he lifts for the RAF. Yeah, he lifts for the RAF. Um, he's one of the best. Honestly, this could be our pass out of the year. It was fucking tremendous. Sublime. Mwah. 10 out of 10. If yeah. Mike and I were in the, in the stands, we'd be holding out. Uh, big tens. Len Goodman would be there. White and he'd from be, us. Yeah, he, he, he'd be putting 10 above his head. <laughs> so 10 from Len. <laughs> That's a Strictly Come Dancing reference for all you out there. We're going to have, um, ah, what's the fella's name with a big chin? Uh, for, 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 Bruce Forsyth. Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> We're going to have a Bruce, uh, Bruce Button. Oh, Button. I was gonna yeah, say. yeah, yeah, Bruce we, Button. We can't have him on, we can't have him on the show because he's busy and dead. Um, but yeah, I made unbelievable pass out. Um, this was sent in by uh, LEGBR um, on the podcast uh, on the Instagram, um, and you know, I mean, we get we get videos like this sent in a lot of time, and they're like, you know, rate, have a look at this uh, pass out, and it's like, yeah, it's pretty good. This one was just knockout. It was fucking unbelievable he was lights out no life in him on the way down which is impressive and it's the fact that he he tried to stay in the game for so long he even did the dip drive perhaps he's inexperienced of the shadow realm because he 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 displayed the attributes of someone who has never been there before i as in he dropped like a sack of shit and proceeded to roll like a rag doll like mm. you or i we Try and protect ourselves a little bit. Like we know we're going, so we're gonna we're gonna go down, but we might might brace ourselves. Or if anything, we take the cowardly route. This man went, uh, yeah, I, all in. I mean, he's he's from the RAF, so I mean, he uh, he does planes. He does planes. That's pretty cool. He does he, he does planes, and he also does pass out incredibly well. Good bloke. You know, you know what? Contact us. We'll give you a mug. What? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if if um. If you want a mug, just um, drop us a message, Tom Luke, and um, for a small fee of £9 plus shipping, we'll send you a free mug out. Yeah, um, signed. You know, what it reminded me of, right, is this morning, a bit of a tangent, I was having a coffee before work, and I was watching AFL highlights, Australian Football League, I think. All right, cool. Um, and it's basically this oval-shaped game of rugby, but 10 times more savage. 
Yeah, it's cool. Um, and they were running into each other and type it in the AFL's biggest hits, and it is just fucking clean off. Some they're literally all of them are they're out cold at the end of it, like majorly, and they go stiff as a board. They go re, it, re, quite consider. I mean, it's it screams fucking, uh, uh, you know, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, concussion and all that shit. That's cool. Um, and all the problems that come with it, but. It sort of, this pass out reminded me of that. So thanks, Tom Luke. You should be, you know, very proud of yourself. Yeah. Um, and our last segment of the day, um, do you want to press another random button? Yeah, sure. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, is very nice. So you might have noticed that we do Top Trump, Top Trump Tuesday, um, every other Tuesday now, by the way. Um, we're going to describe the attribute, the average attribute of each of a home nation lifter. Uh, so if you rocked up to uh, an England camp, a Scottish camp, or a Wales camp, if we ever have one, you're gonna. This is the average sort of person you're gonna see in the room. So yeah, it's basically like what if if you had one of each, what would you typically expect from the Scot, the English, the Welsh, and the Irish, and the Irish? And look, don't get upset by this. This is just us having a bit of fun. Uh, what disclaimer, please. Uh, none of these views are representative of our governing body and Nanobamp and or employer. Employer, almost. Fuck, you're better at that than me. I should have done that. That's yeah, okay. I know. It's okay. Learning curve. Yeah. But I mean, we'll start with um, start with Scotland. I think. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the every most Sc- Scottish people I've met uh, in weightlifting are just fucking mavericks. They're just brilliant. <laughs> Um, they're back all, in the all characters, aren't back they? in the day, you had Peter Kirkbride, who I've never had the pleasure of meeting, but I've heard some incredible things about him. Um, just being life and soul, being absolutely crazy, and you know, I think that's passed. The torch has been passed on to Jason Epton now, and he's brilliant. I mean, he's just one of those. He says what he thinks. You do, it don't even matter because you can't understand him. He's always up for a piss up. He always gives everything into weightlifting, like yeah. fucking dives under, you know, so much courage and heart and soul. Yeah. Always got big squats, the Scottish people. Yeah, they got the big squatters. Um, they're very courageous lifters. There's a, a lot of shouting always as well, mm. all the Scottish lifters. Um, I'm going to say they all lift quite fast, generally. I have a think. They all lift. Yeah. Quick. And I th- the credit goes to um, I mean, the, there's a club up there, Glasgow City Barbell, um, friend of the show, you know, who um, house um, Jason and Drew Burns, yep, um, and a few other lifters that are doing really well. There's a 96 kilo uh, lifter there who's incredibly strong. I think he came from Bobsleigh or something like that, um, you know, and the, the, they're always refined lifters. I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, Jason is is incredibly fast. Technically, on a snatch, is incredible. His cleans are dog shit, which he won't mind me saying, but he gets through them and he fucking pops a jerk. But his jerk, wow. Yeah, it's explosive. I mean, his his arms are about three inches long, so he just, the bar just goes over his head. Drew, incredibly powerful, incredibly fast. Um, You know, Alice Atchison, very, very strong. Um, Her her legs are incredibly strong. European medalist, by the way. Exactly. Um, And, I mean, again, I mean, she's a bit she's a bit posher because she's from like Edinburgh and all that way, um, whereas Jason's from Glasgow and you really don't know what the fuck he's saying. Um, but I suppose to round off the Scots, they're they're always they're always good fun to have. 
um, around you. Um, they never take things too seriously, but when it comes to the meat and drink of things, they're, they're absolutely ferocious. Yeah. Um, and they party hard afterwards. Which we respect a lot. Yeah. We could fit in there. Apart yeah. from Lex Renfrew. There are, there are, yeah, no, not the Lex Renfrew. I mean, there are, there are Celts, aren't they? There are fellow Celts. True. And on that note, let's go to England. <laughs> England, yeah. Um, well. The thing that sticks out for me is probably technique. Very technical lifters. Very technical lifters. Um, very clinical. They do all the bits right. They they do their prehab. They do their rehab. They do their accessories. That's what you're going to see from an English lifter. Yeah, but I mean, whereas the Scots uh, won't do any of that. Um, you know, they'll turn up. They'll probably snatch a PB and then. J- leave. J- Jason went to a camp once, and he, had, he snatched an Air Forces. In a weightlifting <laughs> Scottish camp. Yeah, Eng- England are very meticulous. English lifters typically in these setups. Uh, if you had one English lifter there, you're probably guaranteed that they're going to be very meticulous. They're, they're going to, um, you know, do everything right. Like you said, they're going to do a lot of bar drills. Yeah. Um, and they're going to move very well with a bar fifty. Um, all of their warm up weights, um, they're, they're rarely going to miss. One thing I will say though is typically. They're quite lighthearted out in between sets. Yeah, that's a very good point. They don't take training well. They take the training seriously, but they don't. They don't have this raucous and they don't have this shouty atmosphere. It's more of a just get on with your own thing sort of thing. They're, they're all individuals rather than one one big collective of people. And another thing, which is a bit rogue, I'm, I'm going to say, they all wear like nice kit, like new stuff. They're, I wouldn't say they're hip. But they wear a new kit. Interesting. Ireland. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let's just move on. Okay. Uh, also, I'm just going to say on a social standpoint, if there was an English uh, fella at the camp or whatever, he's going to be the kid that sort of just laughs and gets on with everyone, um, like tries to sort of... Doesn't offend anyone. Just tries to laugh with people and be fit in, you know, but isn't that, doesn't actually offer anything. But he's what, probably the best weightlifter there. But doesn't really offer anything socially. Bit of a fucking neek. Do you know what I mean? Wait, I know who that is. <laughs> Our Lord and Saviour, Chris, Chris Murray. Murray. We love you, Chris. Um, Ireland. I don't really know what to say about it. I haven't, I haven't trained with many Irish people. You went to the last Europeans and there was an Irish contingency there. Yep, so this might just be me. Uh, I'm going to say they're all quite long. They're all quite long people, generally. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right there, mate. And that's a bit, a bit niche, but they're very, all Very long. limmy. Mike Wazowski sort of rigs, a lot of them. Yeah, they've got long, long limbs. Um, generally, good snatchers. Um, I think I've got on the limb again and say they're not known for being clean jerkers. So, yeah, they're good, they're good technical lifters. Uh, they're limmy. And good technical jerkers and they're limmy. This is, this is fucking insightful shit, guys. Top notch content, this, this is. is. You know, fuck weightlifting, uh, weightlifting ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck weightlifting ass. Um, this is the real shit you need to listen to. Um, what, they do love a piss up though. Um, I had a really good piss up with uh, Harry from Capital Strength and, oh, the coach. and Jill. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he, he just drinks whiskey like it's nobody's business. Yeah, so they're, they're up for a good piss up as well. So And you know what as wicked. well? I think because, um, you know, other side of the pond and all that, um, they, they it takes them a bit of warming in um, with yeah. with like Britain or whatever, 
But once they come into the circle, they're, they're great people, great to be around. They're fellow Celts. Yeah, of course they are. So, yeah, yeah we love them. Great. Which brings us on to the Welsh, which, is, which Welsh. is probably the hardest one for me. I, 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 like, I don't know what to say about us, mate. Um, um, it's... How would you describe us? How about you let you send write us in a message? Let us know what you think. I mean, like let's let's be straight, right? I mean, a lot of these messages you just set us up for an absolute defeat here because a lot of them are just going to be inconsistent as fuck. Can't make lifts on the platform, and you're going to go off the Commonwealth Games 2022. And you know what? To that we say, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, we hold our hands up. We don't know. We, and and maybe this is something. This is something worth saying. Is currently Welsh weightlifting don't have, you know the. If, if we were to try and pin attributes to um, Welsh lifters at the moment, you can't. It's undiscernible. That's, it's, a, that's a very good point. It's Jordan. not got an identity at the moment. No, and perhaps that, that's the issue. We need an identity. Um, so I wouldn't say we're consistently in, inconsistent. Like we, Sometimes we pull out really good performances out of the bag um, as, a, as a collective, but generally, in, the, in recent years, I don't think we've had an identity in terms of our lifting personality like you, you can't say that oh the welsh got strong legs no we have we haven't we we haven't got a strong pull um one thing i want i i would love the wales to hold the identity of the, the they're always underdogs and they're always dark horses in in competitions and they always come out on top yeah they, they're always that they, they, you need to watch out for the, the welsh person in this category because he he or she is you're, it, the, you're the heart of a lion. Yeah, it's like we, we, you know, on, on paper we should beat this person, but they, anything could happen with this person because they're Welsh. Yeah. I'd, I'd love. To I'd have like that. that to be the, the case. Unfortunately, not at the moment, but I'm, I'm sure that's like that's something that can be imposed over years and years of sort of developing the culture and the sport. Um, but hopefully, through mine and Jordan's efforts, like we we make a, a fair bit of effort when we go on international trips that. We, the Welsh boys, try and be the life of the party, as it were. We try and get everyone involved in activities and sometimes it involves drinking. And normally we're up for a couple of beers after a competition. So maybe that's our, our identity. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think one thing we've always made an effort to do is just try and speak to as many people in the camp or the trip as possible. Because... Mm. You know, they're all there for for the same reason. They're all there because um, they they they've excelled in the sport to the point where they they should be representing their um, their country. And and if they're shy, it's a shame if they don't bring themselves into the fold because these camps and stuff can be amazing. Good example, Ben Hicklin. We we might have spoke about this before, but we thought Ben was a bit bit of a loner, a bit of an oddball. Oh, I thought he was a loser, mate. I thought he was an absolute. Because he has these headphones on. Ironic, we got both got headphones on now, but. He had these headphones on. He was going about having his lunch, not speaking to anyone. And I was like, George, I'm going to train with Ben today on his platform. I'm going to share a bar with him. And we're going to bring him into the fold. And ever since... Well, you actually said to me, oh, he's all right, actually. And I just didn't believe it. <laughs> Did not believe it. Um, but now, yeah, like you said, now he is a, a deep friend of ours. And it, it just takes a little bit of mingling. I think that's what one thing we see value in. We try and make an effort in when we're training with, with people or whatever is, you know, um, just speak to him. And weightlifting is more than just the lifting. It's the before the lifting, having a coffee, having a chat, the serious hard graft of the training, the shouting and encouraging people, get, give, them, give them that extra little push. And also the afterwards, the recovering, the being smart about your rehab, and then having a couple of beers afterwards to bring that team element into it. Yeah, and I, 
big Dave actually, um, uh, Dave Sawyer, um, did say to me at one point, he said he was explaining about his training environment and how they would, um, after training, they would go and have a few beers and, and socialize and, and, and get back to it the next day. And it, it was part of their culture, part of their habits. Um, and all that's important. I'm not saying a drinking part of it is important. I'm just saying, um, you know, that's one thing we, we've always seen value in, I suppose. The and team elements. That's our only identity at the moment is the social aspect of things, which is a shame and that's something we're looking to improve. Um, but anyway, I think that's going to bring us to the end of the podcast. So thank you very much for listening, guys. Le- listening? Mike, I, sound Whoa! Like, I sound like you then. Talking to, talking to me about fucking speech impediments. <laughs> Jesus Christ on a bike. That was awful. Anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking finish this podcast off. Oh, the, the off, irony. Mate. Yeah, the irony. yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, listening. <laughs> thanks for listening. Um, you've been listening to Weightlifted Die on episode 11. Join us next week for episode 12. Jordan's in trouble here. Everything just slightly forwards in that start position really needs to open up the chest. 60% of the time, it works every time. Works out of the PB gym in Cardiff. Familiar with that one? Look, tonight at 11. Doom! Prestige Worldwide. Prestige Worldwide. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. Wow, wow, is very nice. Surprise, motherfucker. Jordan Sackers, you've got to make the next one.